for all those who continue this notion of LeBron James being better than Michael Jordan, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Shut up already. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! You hear the Bulls uh, commentator goes, he wants his mummy. <laughs> he uses Curry way down to White Mamba out. Oh my goodness. He's waited six episodes. Look at him. He can be sweating. I was writing that for an hour today. <laughs> Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to episode two of Sports Opinionated. We're here to give our opinions on the things that matter in the wonderful world of the NBA. Yes, we Three are. Three Madonna players, historical legends. Coaches, commentators, we don't hold back. I'm Pete Evans, and alongside me is Matt O'Brien. Matt, how was your day? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. good. Yep, yep. Talking about my day. No, it's all good. Fantastic. Awesome. Yours? Yep, good to be here. (laughs) Let's just say that. Let's just say that. Well, we are loving going through the Last Dance doco series of the great Chicago's Chicago Bulls run of the 90s. The Bulls. The Bulls, indeed. Loved doing episode one and two with you last week. And as you said off air, there is so much in episodes three and four that we're going to look at today. I've culled almost as much as I'm going to say today. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! Is this the dagger? As always, Matt, we're going to start with our highlights as we're looking at episodes three and four. Um, What were the highlights for you? What stood out to you, mate? Uh, What stood out for me was the 1989 playoff run. So I was 17, Mm -hmm. young and dumb and full of excitement for the Chicago Bulls and the massive run. Yeah. which, yeah, which began with the Cleveland series. Now they covered that. That was gold. Yep. That took back. That yeah, took me right back. Um, and just I, I, they missed a couple of uh, points in that series. That um, sorry, in that whole playoff run, the Bulls went nuts after that. They actually beat New York, who were favoured in the next series after that. Which we didn't see at all. Um, and just just remember Jordan just going off. And that's that's what um, really I was. That's where I. My love for Jordan grew was 1989. There you go. Yeah, okay. in that playoff run. Fantastic. Where he went, went bananas. Yourself? Okay. Uh, my favourite Jordan moment ever, the shot. I just loved yes. how they went into it, um, led up to it, and just that entire play that he actually got open, that the ball came to him on point, the only time it could have got, that Larry Nance just got totally lost, hung in the air as Elo went past, and the in and the your commentators, and just the response, just the... Primal, no, visceral, fist pumping, yeah. going off his tree as, as, as players and coaches ran onto the court. My favourite Jordan moment ever. Doug Collins, Doug Collins uh, was very excited as well. Was, as One of the be. great, great coach reactions mm-hmm. after a game winner running onto the court as if he played. Um, yep. The other highlight was the for me was just the ninety ninety one, the transition from losing um, in nineteen ninety in Game Seven, mm-hmm. and. Finding out that they literally didn't go on holidays, but went straight to the gym the following day and got back on the bike. Um, and that whole 91 series against the Pistons, just the D was at a whole nother level. Yep. And they went past Detroit defensively. And obviously offensively, they were already better, but defensively, they went past them. Um, sure. 
And I remember game three in that series vividly, which they didn't show any of, or just like 10 seconds of. That was the back-breaking game of that series when Detroit were hanging on for dear life. And I still remember Jordan guarding a two-on-one where he was the one against Isaiah and Vinny, and he ended up stopping that play. Just when, just when Detroit were making a run, and I went okay. down, and I think Pippen hit a jumper, and that was that was just the death of Detroit. Once they went down 3-0, mm-hmm. that was that was all over. So okay. I loved, yeah, remembering that. Great. Um, how Dennis Robin would practice rebounding missed shots that he yes. get guys into the gym. Yeah, and just as he talked about positioning, ball spin on certain player shots, it was savant-like. I don't, yeah. I don't know. There's there's plenty to to, to quit. Plenty of aspects that are questionable about him. But hearing him talk about his craft in that way helped me understand a bit more about why he became the player he became. Yeah. Just that he didn't talk about Bird having a Bird shot the ball with backspin, so therefore uh, you know, it would pop out the front as opposed to someone else where Jordan would shoot it slightly differently and it'd bounce somewhere else. It was hard to keep up yeah. with. It was spliced in as he his hands yeah, went all yeah, over we, the place. Yeah, there's a bit of magic in it. A yeah. L- little bit. Yes. Um this is a this was a really uh Left one, this one. Um, uh, Phil coached some team called the. Uh, now I've got to be careful. I get I stuff this up at uh, TGIs. <laughs> I stuff it up at Fonda. Kebra Diaz, not Kebra Dillas Evans. Kebra okay. Diaz um, was one of his first coaching jobs, and then Charlie Rosen, who he wrote um, wrote a book with early on, he was telling the story about. Um, it's pretty rough out there, right? We've yes. heard of, and and he he talked about this story about how they murdered a chicken and <laughs> pour blood on the yeah. opposition bench. Yes, <laughs> talk about intimidation, and also a fan apparently shot an official on the lower leg was his description. You know, in the AFL they talk about you know what do they what do they say the um the phrase is you know the sound of affirmation. <laughs> how about the gun of affirmation? <laughs> You're gonna make the right call. Yep. Yeah, so that was extraordinary. Oh, extra leaks. Take that it story. pretty seriously. It was either the GM or the CEO that was um, shot the shot the shot, shot the official and was banned from home games. For the rest <laughs> of the season. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, me, Jordan's retelling of the Jord- of the Rodman vacation. Yes, how Phil pulled him into his office and uh, how they ended up granting him forty eight hours and just how you saw just the joy of um, Scotty. Um, we looked at the looked at the looked at the looked at the iPad yes, when they Jason showed, yeah. Yeah, gave gave them the iPad. Sister as Jordan retold that story, just I could not believe that was going on mid season. That was fantastic. A question for you on that one. I was going to raise this later, but I'll throw it in now. Did did MJ go to Vegas? No, to grab him. That's the impression I had when Carmen said, "Yeah, I was in I was in Vegas with Dennis," and yeah, then no. the next splice, it's like. Jordan was in the room. Now, in order to try and straighten Dennis up, they had him staying in an apartment across the road from the Bulls practice facility. So that's all he did. He's crossed the road. No, I thought MJ might have just you know, yep. jumped in a car. and Totally. I had to go into a YouTube clip of, of Jason here explaining that uh, Rodman uh, piece there. That's it for me for highlights. I've got plenty more, though. Oh, fair <laughs> okay, you mean for the, for the episode? Yes, yeah. oh, yes. Okay. There's, there's a lot to get through. Uh, highlights for me, uh, Carmen Electra. Yep. Just like Dolores, she's taking good care of herself. <laughs> she's taken uh, good care of herself. And unlike Steve Kerr, she was prepared for the interview. Um, Bulls, Pistons, 91, same as you. And yes, I'm going to say this, Bulls, Lakers. As Bulls, they, Lakers, yes. deep dive into that, yes. that exceptional series, um, as one-sided as it, as it was yeah. historically, I just love them going into that 
That was absolutely fantastic. Magic versus Michael. That yep. was would have been, yeah, unreal to be there for that. Yep. Okay. Well, Matt, we're on to our, our first deep dive, our first big story. And uh, for better or uh, worse... Now, I've got a stinger for this. A what? It's our first stinger. Okay. Uh, what go, we go what we it. what we professionals know is just a little bit of a tidbit, just to introduce you to what okay. we're about to talk about. Go ahead. Indeed, <laughs> the, the big, great, the big great story. You're you're right on point, Matt. Because for better or worse, episode three kicks off with a deep dive into the life of life of Dennis Rodman. Glasses, the rings all over the place. I'm Dennis Rodman. What's up? Um, in those videos that I looked at, those YouTube clips, Matty, uh, director Jason Ayer said that interviewing Dennis Rodman was like herding a feral cat. And he said that his major obstacle, his major challenge when doing that sit-down with Robin was keeping him on topic and off North Korea. He just kept bringing everything back to North Korea. Oh, that would have been a nice little diversion. Oh. <laughs> now, what, what stood out to you, mate, as we look back at Dennis Robin's time in Chicago? What stood out for me? Um, off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, just, just the energy he would bring on court. Like, I didn't... You know, take too much notice what was happening off the court okay. over in Australia back in 96, 97, 98. Mm. We saw the basketball, not much else. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, looking at it now, it's uh, quite a wild ride. So I can understand why uh, San Antonio moved him on. And then after the Bulls, he had a crack at the Lakers and then the Mavericks. He lasted five minutes in each place. Indeed. Um, but he's a winner. There is, there is no doubt about that. He's a winner. Okay. And he's totally unselfish in a way that. You know, it's hard to find, similar to Draymond for Golden State. Okay. They don't need shots, don't really need the ball. They're happy to do all the dirty work. And um, you need blokes like that to win. Fair enough. In the NBA. Okay. Uh, for me, Aud- uh, Aldridge caught him the best on-ball defender he'd seen in 30 years, which was a, yeah, which big a huge call. call. Um, look, I'd love to see Pete Rodman versus Pete Kawhi or Pippen, Draymond, Payton. James Harden, you know, all the defensive juggernauts <laughs> that we get. Like, but I guess I was a little young and therefore biased to enjoy the Rodman experience back in the day, like pre-Bulls. But seeing a, a young Pistons Rodman, footage of that, seeing him hound everyone from Magic to Scotty and do it with this unbelievable athleticism. Um, and, and the shorter shorts just kind of emphasise that, this how long yeah. and athletic this guy was. That's what stood out to me as the player. But Rodman the person, though, just... Give me a break. Had enough. He's someone who's always cried poor. He's been desperate for attention and he's never grown up. The episode opens by him saying, everyone wants to say this and that about Dennis Rodman. No, they don't. Mate, you're old news. You were interesting for a moment. You had a soundbite that got picked up because the blokes around you, the team that you came to were elite at what they did. You have the temerity to ask, would they have won a title without me? No, no, they wouldn't have. They won three, mate. And I bet my left arm that they would have won two or three more with a standard level replacement. Yeah, they would have got someone. That's for sure. Look, fair enough in 96. Hard at 2.5 mil to get someone nearly as impactful as him. But at 9 million in 97, four points, four and a half or so in 98, when blokes like Bison Daly and Jason Caffey were having to play significant minutes because you couldn't go, please. We watched the games. You are now old, delusional, and you are 
boring. Robin the player, though, pal, that's another story. But yeah. that brings us to one of the first and major flaws of this doco series, the complete and utter disregard for Horace Grant. We don't see him until the 22-minute mark of episode four. It's mm. like he doesn't exist, and we know why, and it's personal. Simply put, Jordan thinks Horace was the snitch for the Sam Smith Jordan rules book. Which appears true. <laughs> to some degree. Who, who knows? If, if Sam Smith is an investigative reporter, would only take one source? I'd say no. BJ Armstrong would argued similarly. By the way, interesting cat Sam Smith, isn't he? He talks very, uh, very high-pitched. Leans, leans over. Leans yeah, over. He's like, like that, a rat. Um, you know, that um, national tiles man. It's a bit, a bit, a bit <laughs> like him. True. True. Um, and then there was, of course, the acrimonious departure from the Bulls to Orlando, exacerbated when um, Shaq lifted Horace aloft following the magic yeah, knocking off. Waving the, his hand at the crowd. The, the MJ-led Bulls in 95 yeah, yeah. as, yeah. as, as Grant was on the bench. Actually, he was injured. I was going to say, you know. 95-96. As, as in 95, when they won that, that last game to, to knock you out, he was injured late in that game. But our first key question, Matt, isn't Dennis Rodman good or bad? It's... That well, some of the stuff, some of the stuff that came out in this was extraordinary. Do you remember when Phil went to meet him, and he tells the story how he didn't even stand up and acknowledge him? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, what is it with that? Absolutely, he made him stand up and shake his hand. Yep. And then when he asked him if he wanted to play for the Bulls, he goes, oh, "I don't care, yeah, whatever." <laughs> it's yep. just like, so we're asking you if you want to play with the greatest player of all time, possibly the greatest team of all time, and you mm-hmm. go, "Yeah, whatever." Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that says enough about him, I think, uh, his personality-wise. Yeah, but it does. Um, it does. But let's look at let's look Matt for a moment at Robin versus Grant, because I'm wondering who you who oh okay who you'd have. The Chicago Bulls run from ninety one to ninety eight. The Bulls, yes. <laughs> who would you rather have? So I took a I took a, a look at at this, and as you know, and I've just made it pretty clear, I went in with a pretty strong bias. But mate, I was gobsmacked with how close it was. Let's check out Horace's Grant Horace Grant's stats. Versus Robbins in their respective um, three championship years from 91 to 93 and then 96 to 98. I'm not going to give you every year because it's just too much. Overall, 91 to 98, Horace, 13 points at 52%. Very nice clip. Yeah, this will be the... On 10.4 field goal attempts, mind you. 10 boards, 2.5 assists and 2.3 steals and blocks. Now this, to be fair to Horace, excludes 94, his peak year um, statistically. And, and overall, when he was an all-star, he went 15 and 11, over 50%. Again. At Orlando. In 94 with in Chicago. Adult. Oh, okay. Chicago. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. He got a couple more looks without the MJ running around saying, give it to me 25 times. 3.4 assists, 2.3 steals and blocks. He was one of the better athletes they had, mate. Faster than Michael Jordan, according to Phil Jackson. Yes, I have heard this. Yep. Is that believable? I don't know. Don't know. Great teammate. Awesome defender, good scorer, and of course gave us the goggles. Durable, never played less than 70 games up until his ninth season. Spent 17 years in the league. I did not know that. 17 years, 17 years wow. 17 years in the league. Um, comparably. Dennis, 96 to 98 I'm interested in. Okay. Well, Dennis, <laughs> yeah, the numbers tend to pop. Dennis's years across the board, seven points at 47% on six field goal attempts. All of them tip-ins. Yeah. <laughs> 16 boards a game. 16 boards a game. 2.2 assists, which I thought would be higher because we had made that um, had made that Draymond comp. 1.2 steals and blocks. I thought it'd be higher. 
at the Jordan, Jordan at the Robin Inn. Seven times he lead the led the league in rebounding. An awesome feat, which might be nigh on impossible to replicate. Um, and also averaged thirty six point two issues per week with the Bulls. Again, <laughs> lead, leading the league. Gave them fourteen point seven boards a game, by the way, in the ninety six finals. Durable up until ninety three. Uh, when he missed an average uh, of 20 games a season thereafter. Fell off a cliff after he left the Bulls. Uh, played. He was extremely old then, though, must be said. He was 37 or 36 when he left the Bulls. He okay. was quite old. Sure. Played 12 seasons in total, five less than Horace, and whatever you want to call his circus act in one season, 23 games with the Lakers, and the other season, 12 games with the Mavs in 99 and 2000. I went in with a bias, Matt, and I came out with clarity. And it's this, that I don't think this could have worked out better for your Chicago Bulls. Because when you needed to get over the mental hump of the bad boy Pistons from uh, 91 to 93, Grant was your guy. And I know we're getting a bit meta here because, yes, Robin was on those Pistons teams. But Robin on the Bulls back then, I reckon he would have mentally disintegrated under the pressure from Lane Beer, Sally, Isaiah, Mahorn Edwards. Grant stood up. Showed yep. incredible maturity and resilience and was a key part of those three title squads. Helped us significantly with a fourth, by the way, in 01. But come at the moment, come at the man. And in the 96 Bulls Championship video, O'Brien, Rodman oh, yes. says, do you know what he says? This is a rock star team. That's right. And he's That's spot on. why he loved it. Yep. They had the superstar in Jordan, the lead singer, a phenomenal lead guitarist in Pippin. Rodman's playing bass or drums. Yep. Great bass player in Harper. Back, backup singer in Kukoc. Little groupies he liked milling around in Longley and Kerr. 2010. <laughs> Who's 20 the keyboard player? And they, had, they also had Jack Haley. Um, but Robin was the rock star. The coloured hair, dress-wearing bad boy from Detroit who grabbed the dial on this amazing team and turned the drama and the theatre volume all the way up. The basketball fan in me loved the drama in the theatre that he brought. He took this phenomenal sports team and he made it into a cultural icon. Give me Horace Grant, the man, any day of the week, but give me Robin, the rock star player, every time. Well, the the, the prosecution rests. Well, I ended up sitting um, on the fence, ended up doing a diddle. Did you? I, did. Oh, you, I, I, I refer to diddle a bit later. Um, the, yeah, he's, I would probably go Horace because he's a better offensive player. Okay. And the last... As great as Rodman was in 96 defensively, in 97 and 98, he was barely worth his salt. Because he just wasn't focused. The start of 98, was, they, they covered that quite well, where he, when he felt as though it was him and MJ, and MJ needed him, and, yep. you know, he was, he was, he was locked in. Yep. But come, by the time the playoffs came around in 98, he was giving them nothing. I remember it clearly, you know. And um, I just don't think, you would have got more out of Horace at that point, I would have thought. He would have been more consistent. Sure. But hey, a win's a win, so it probably doesn't matter either way. Well, to his credit, on the basketball court, Scotty and Michael couldn't have been more effusive about how good true. he was defensively that's and true. how smart he was defensively. Yes, absolutely. Being able to read when to switch, you know, when to come off and when to when to basically, yeah, make the play defensively, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, great help defender, great on-ball defender, just... Um, and any rebound, he was a good chance of getting it. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed he was. Another bitter twist to the dark side of an all-American success story. I know. You're not narrating the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, Robert's Crows, come play with the Bulls. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. What's up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? I had no problem with the glove. 
This is what I've had to put up with for, over, for about 20 years. Let's move on to some of the, the, the quotes that grabbed us. There's always heaps in them. I've had to cull uh, a ton. What, uh, what do you got for us, Matt? Oh, I've got heaps here this week. <laughs> um, straight up. I reckon oh. that, 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 <laughs> that was my favourite for the week. Yep. That, yep. Was, that, that was Horace, with, uh, which I'll get into the Detroit Pistons, Detroit Pistons later, but that was, that was me, yep. number one. Uh, for me, uh, first one is when Dennis was having a conversation with the referee on court about a yes. potential low blow. Yes. And he, was, he wasn't really arguing his point. He was trying to make it calmly. And as the last thing that said is, uh, I didn't see that. Basically, says most of the time, though, I see that you do stuff that you pull. Yeah, <laughs> like a ref saying that to a player. Imagine that now. Yes, and along the same lines, MJ went to Vegas. He went. Sorry, MJ went to Vegas. Rodman went to Vegas, and then he came back, and then MJ pulled him out of his hotel room and brought him in. Mm-hmm. And um, this, this is a double quote here. Phil, Phil says to Phil says to Dennis, <laughs> he says, "Come on, Dennis." You've got to do the exercise. It gives your muscles memorization. Like, what is that? <laughs> what is he talking about? And then, and Michael says, laughing, he goes, "He's got his body here. Don't ask for too much." Yep. <laughs> Having seen Gold. what Rumi pulled him from, absolutely. Um, me, Michael Wilborn, talking about the Pistons, the most hated team in the history of Chicago. Most hated team. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, MJ, when. When um, the director handed him the iPad to show him what Isaiah was going to say about the walk-off, and MJ, before even looking at the uh-huh. iPad, yep. said, "There's no way you can convince me he was." <laughs> 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 he just put it out there uh, before before uh, he even had to before he even looked at I it. I bumped into one of your old mates, Matt. Today he said you the did? same thing. Um, You've you've taken my Horace. You've taken my Horace <laughs> quote, which I which I obviously can't use. Um, when Phil Jackson pulled Michael Jordan into the room to explain uh, Dennis's need for a vacation, and, and Jordan says, "If anybody needs a vacation, I need an effing vacation." <laughs> <laughs> and following up from that was when Jordan hit the shot, as you talked about, mm-hmm. yelled out, "Go home, mother, mothers, <laughs> mother fathers, <laughs> magnificent," yep. and. Uh, my last one is something you alluded to before. Word perfect. When Phil gets, you know, Dennis to stand up first time he meets him for that particular recruitment, makes him stand up, shake his hand and says, would you like to come play with Chicago? He goes, uh, Robert's quote is, come play with the Bulls. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. What's up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? And my final one was MJ being hassled by Tex Winner when they instituted the triangle. Move the ball, move the ball. There's no, no iron team. And MJ says, yeah, there's iron win though. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he cares about. <laughs> well, that's for me. That's it for me. Okay, fantastic. fantastic. Now, you've done well, mate. You've been very patient. You let me take the lead on, on the Rodman versus Grant deep dive. I know you've been hanging for this. You, you couldn't let me have the lead on that Rodman Grant thing quickly enough. You've been champing at the bit. Your old nemesis, the Detroit Pistons, come fully into the picture in episodes three and four. The rivalry, the bitterness, the dirty plays, the animosity <sighs> I'm between limbering, them. I'm limbering up. Between As the then would limber up. and now, the walk-off, where Switch. the hell do we begin? Matt, I'm where just going to throw to you. I'm going to put some Horace Grant goggles on so I just can't, uh, I don't have to cop what it is that's coming. Go for it, mate. You go first. MJ, I'm going to open this up by the one a quote which we could have used previously, but here we go. I hated him. Still do to this day, was what MJ said. Yes. Now, the Pistons, Evans, were a great team. 
right? Okay. They were a championship team. They were built on great on-ball pressure, great help defence. They were also built on an intimidation factor. Yep. Now, why why were they built on an intimidation factor? How were they able to do that? I'll tell you how. Because they were able to get away with cheap shot thuggery Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Just totally gutless hits over and over again that they weren't penalised for. Just a normal foul. Mm-hmm. Don't think we even had – we didn't even have flagrants back then, did we? Did we even have flagrants back Might've, then? Yeah. What, have you killed a guy? Yeah, close to. There's a playoff <laughs> game where Robert Parrish was so angry with the Pistons, and, and I think Bill Simmons tells this story. Robert Parrish literally punched a Bill Lane beer in the face mm-hmm. in front of the official who didn't even call a foul. <laughs> <laughs> some of the hits, you, would, you, you must have been watching some of these yep. hits going, what yep. is going on? There was a coat hanger on Larry Bird yes. where he upfaked. Yes. And then Lane Beer jumped for the upfake and on the way down, ripped him down, wrapped his hands around his neck and pulled him back towards him. Mm-hmm. Looked like he was going to break his back. Yep. Um, Spot on. So... I didn't have much respect for the Pistons and the way they played. And I think Scotty, Scotty at one point, I think in a video somewhere along the line, when talking about the Dream, I think it might have been the Dream Team doco, okay. said, I just absolutely despise the way they play the game. Interesting. Um, I'm with him. Okay. Um, and then the walk-off. Well. So set the scene, 88, 89 and 90. The Pistons knocked the Bulls out of the playoffs. Yes, they did. Four games to two, four games to two. Then the seven-game epic in 1990. Every single year, Jordan just shook their hands. Yep. Well done. Yep. Best of luck. Even in the interviews after the game, total class saying we're not quite there yet. They're better than are, better than we are. They played better. Well deserved. Blah blah blah. Then finally, Chicago do the job. They improve. They're clearly better. They don't just beat them. They tear them a new one. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so. It's not like they just got over the hump. They smashed them. They buried them. Right? Four-game sweep. Isaiah's recollection of them walking off without offering one single hand or mm-hmm. of congratulations, even a nod, a word, nothing. His recollection that that was part of the game was utter BS. Mm-hmm. The fact he can't even admit this now, after MJ congratulated him three years in a row, he, can't, he can look back and see that now. Just shows their total, his low total lack of class and that of the Pistons as competitors and as individuals. Mm. I was happy he was left off the dream team. <laughs> That's his penance. <laughs> That's his penance. He even ducked down like a little girl yes. to avoid any kind of yes. eye contact as he walked off. Just yep. piss weak. Yep. Um, and as Kramer, as Kramer would say to Jerry, you silly, silly man. Because <laughs> the result was no dream team for you. Um. Yeah, and MJ, I think I said it before, MJ saying whatever he has to say is total crap, even before watching the tape says it all, you know. Um, Lame Beer, got something for him too. He instigated it. He would be an absolute total flog. He was then and still is now. Have you seen the Bad Boys doco? He's still as as adamant that he's as tough as ever, you know. You know, I'm just happy he didn't get interviewed for this. Maybe he did and they just didn't put it in. True. Um, In the post-game four interview, I'm not sure if you recall this, after they got swept by the Bulls, he was asked a number of questions about the team and blah, blah, blah. And you know what his response was about six times in a row? I'm not sure you remember this. No. They won. Yeah. Then you get asked another question. He goes, they won. I mean, what kind of flog is this guy? Right? To, to summarise, the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, you won two in a row. Well done. Congrats. You're not underappreciated. 
the Bulls, Lakers and Celtics were all better than you were. <laughs> and all of those teams showed 100 times more class than you did then, and they show 100 times more class than you do now. <laughs> I do like Joe D, though, as a bloke. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Won a title player. as an executive. You whiffed on Darko. Oh, that's one oh. thing, instead of Mello. But um, overall, that's my take. Case closed. Feel free to add. I'm sure you won't be uh, rebutting the prosecution oh, here. Oh, two things. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> I wouldn't dare rebut. It's been 10 years in the making. But yes, it has been 10 years in the making. But I am on the, I'm on the same page as you. I couldn't stand it as a, as a young, younger teenager back in the day. Just the way that they played um, as absolute thugs. They deserve their two titles. Yep. Um, I keep doing this to myself. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be, but desperately unlucky not to get that third, the first one against the Lakers with both. Oh, the, why? Why, the, Peter? The, the Kareem foul and, and <laughs> 200 Lakers fans running onto court while the game was still going. Um, so I, I think they are totally lost. And a player you didn't mention, he still believes it to this day, John Sally. That the NBA had decided that the, oh, right, yes. that Jordan uh, and the Bulls were blah, the precious blah, next. Yep. They were going to make them the next championship team. Yeah, the, the, right. The, the prince, the, the princes, officials, and princesses. The officials did it, did they? Yep. He's just—they're absolutely lost in that story. Absolutely lost in that story. They believe it to this day that the Bulls were an NBA-created um, product at the hands of David Stern. They still believe it to this day. There's a reason why the Knicks teams of the early '90s are not hated as much as those Pistons teams. The Knicks teams were incredibly physical. They did not stand, take one step backwards. They tried to get into Scotty's head. They tried to beat up Jordan. throw themselves around. But you know what they didn't do? They were physical. There's the big difference here. They were a physical basketball team. They weren't to the dirty level of these Pistons teams. That's why they're not hated as much. That's why Patrick Ewing was the starting centre on the 92 team in Barcelona. That's why Isaiah wasn't there. That's why Isaiah wasn't there. You think Isaiah might have just been ahead of, I don't know, uh, Drexler? No, maybe not Drexler, but uh, Chris Mullen or Christian Leitner perhaps yeah. could have could have fitted him on. And I don't care whether MJ said he was the reason he was left off or not. I couldn't give a stuff. He just wasn't there. Yep. What, what would have been, what have we turned the dial up even more, was if the injury to John Stockton, which he sustained pre-tournament, meant that they brought in someone like, I don't know, Reggie Miller? <laughs> I'm not sure. I love Reggie. I'm not trying to knock it, but it just would have made it even worse. Well, well done by you. I'm glad you finally got to have your say. You've, you've kept it quite short. Well done there, man. I laid like a few blows though, didn't I? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, you did. Okay. It's always a concern when you've got to start a sentence, Matt, with the words, I'm not into fat shaming. But... <laughs> MJ wearing a Detroit Repeat T-shirt. Oh, no. Just how strong was Judd Bushler's coffee the morning that he got interviewed? <laughs> but Matt's just asked me the question. And I'm answering it. Because I'm not getting an adequate response. I've been hanging for this. Oh, yes. I enjoyed this last yes. week, mate. Now, All the fans, which is you and me, have listened. <laughs> I think this is the best segment. This uh, is the best segment. This, this segment has caught multiple listens. My wife thinks this is the best segment as well. Oh, great. Well, we call them peripheral pickups. Matt, why, why are we talking about peripheral pickups? A question without notice. Why are we talking about it? Yeah. Oh, because you, you are known as Peripheral Pete, and, and, and over the years, and I've sort of, you know, grown to yes. develop that skill. I'm we probably not, not quite in your level that, you know, you can pick a golf ball from 450 <laughs> metres away. It's too fair. Evans away. once got really angry with someone we were playing with and said, there's your damn ball from 100 metres oh. away. 
when it was right out in the middle of the fairway. Oh, ben, ben, ben Cutler, Muddy Cutler. Yeah, I mean, um, so we've all tried to over the years just pluck stuff out when we're watching games or in the background, an Absolutely. expression in the crowd or something someone says off off tap that you just, just catch out of the you know just right. slightly only just hear it stuff like that. So from the Doco series, this is what we've some of the some of the things because we caught a lot. This is some of the things we caught. I'm going to go first. You go one uh, because I, I love him and I love your your role players. Um, just how strong was Judd Bushler's coffee the morning that he got interviewed? <laughs> he was absolutely fired up. His eyes were oh, wide. He was, he was intense, wasn't he? He's was going to play a game. He's going to play a game. <laughs> this, yep. one, this one I loved. Following on from my rant about the Pistons, this is after the Bulls have swept them. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the bus on the way to the airport... Yes. MJ wearing a Detroit three-peat T-shirt okay. yep, there on it the is. bus. Yep. You've taken one of mine again. I was standing up, punching the air, looking at that. Even on the plane, on the way back, they're dancing in the plane yep. with their Detroit three-peat T-shirts. And if you didn't get, catch that, children, that's because they didn't win the three-peat. <laughs> Twice. Because the Bulls beat them. Or once. <laughs> yep. And also, if you didn't catch that, children, Matt was doing a dance as he <laughs> on this medium. Um, that's why it's good. You've mentioned this, but not exactly a peripheral pickup. But what they didn't say in the doco was that not only after they got beaten for the third time by the Pistons did they not take a holiday, but it's not mentioned in the doco. But they were back in the gym, which I read about in a Phil Jackson book. The very next day, he came in for some closing meetings with the, with the coaching staff. And they said, "Let's in, get into it." Saw these guys in there. It's like, what is going on? They got straight to it. I am. It would just never happen now if a team got knocked out, that a team would come in the next day and say, hey, we're going to put our initial plans to the side. We're going to get bigger and better straight away. Amazing. The, back to the plane. <laughs> after, after, back to the plane. There was something else in the plane I missed. The, on, Jerry Krause. Yep. I'm surprised that plane made it to its destination. Mm-hmm. Jerry dancing vigorously on the plane. He was. Scotty telling him to sit down because he was, he was afraid for... Yep. You know, the stability, major turbulence. Fantastic. Major turbulence Fantastic. coming. Yep. Um, my next peripheral pickups, I'm taking it next level, Matt. I've done some research. Yes. And I know this is not a visual medium, so no one at home will be able to see this. So I need you to commentate what I give you. I'm not taking right. the Michael. Uh, I'm showing you a photo now of a boy, a gentleman by the name oh, of Noah Schnapp. Oh, you son of a... I'm He's a... taken one off me. Yep. I'm showing you a photo of Noah Schnapp. One of the kids, one of the stars of Stranger Things, one of the kids there... With the bowl. Yep. So The bowl cut. If you haven't... I don't know that you've watched this. I have watched every episode of Stranger Things, um, a show not made in the 1980s, but set in the 1980s. There he is. Take a look, O'Brien, at the kid that Dennis Rodman gives his pair of shoes to. Can yes. you spot the difference? Yes. What yes. is this? Yes. Can I respond to this at all? Can I follow up on this? Yes. Now, just before that, Craig Sager gave Dennis Rodman 20 bucks walking down the hallway. Mm-hmm. He should have given it to that kid to cut his hair. <laughs> Oh, come on. Come so on. you nailed that. Thank uh, you very much. Kid was I a got sweetie. half a point for that my follow-up there. That kid was a sweetie. I, he was just so glad to get the, the autograph. And then to, for the shoes, his eyes, it was unbelievable. I love that moment. Now, the, the, the Phil Jackson look. They, took, they did a bit of uh, Phil, didn't they, in episode one of the episodes there, how he began playing at the Knicks with his... Oh, yes. Screen. Yes. Then there was a photo of him in an elevator. Wearing overalls, standing what next looked like standing next to looked like a woman's bike. <laughs> I don't recall that. <laughs> so check it out, children. Check it out. There it is. There it is. Um, my one was, and you and I had a our hearts skipped a beat in this moment. 
Because your team celebrated the Eastern Conference Finals win. Like, they just won the title. And you and I were like, are they going to show us the Lakers celebration? Um, I went back and looked. You know, there were Stoogies. No, there weren't Stoogies. They just, they just having, a, having a drink and celebrating pretty hard on, the, on that yes. plane. But, man, imagine if you won a prelim final right now in the AFL in, in, here in Australia. The guys were having cigars. Well, they weren't having Stoogies, but imagine if they were having a drink and celebrating on Dancing the, on the on plane, the plane back, from back, Perth. back to Perth or wherever yeah. they're going back to. We'd all lose our minds. Guys cop criticisms now if they do a lap of their home stadium and high-five the fans. Oh, the, they've got ahead of themselves. We, yes, we can't yes. wait here. There's no personality to, to in the AFL. No, there's not. There's not. Um, it, along the same lines, going on from that, the 91 finals... So they beat in Detroit, then they played the Lakers. Yep. There was no focus at all on Game Three of that series, which I found extraordinary that they just just mm. went right over the top of that. I know, and I'll explain why. So, thank you. The Lakers won Game One on a Sam Perkins long arm Sam Perkins three. We did. We did. Uh, they did. They did. We did. They did. Pete's just talking about his Lakers hat on. Yes, they won. Went up one nil the Lakers, and then. The Bulls went nuts in game two. Yep. MJ went 15 of 18 from the floor for 33. Fantastic. Totally unstoppable. They smashed him in game two, one game all. So it goes back to LA for, in the 2-3-2 format, went back to LA for game three. Um, mm-hmm. This game was tight. So It was epic. This, this was an epic game. Yes. And I believe Vladi Divac played a fantastic game in this game. Hit a and one shot. From Magic Johnson, went and hugged him afterwards and put him up two uh-huh. with, I think, whatever, less than 20 seconds left, something like that. Yes. Maybe 10 seconds left. So basically, the Lakers were on the verge of going up two games to one. It was going to happen. It, it, it was basically a done deal. Um, one of the biggest moments of MJ's career, and they didn't even show it. So Correct. Chicago down two, MJ dribbles the ball hard up the floor with Byron Scott trailing him all the way, uh-huh. just gets half a step ahead, pulls up from right wing, sort of free throw line extended, with Divac's coming out and right in his grill, and he makes a pure little jumper to send the game into overtime. Then he goes nuts in overtime, yep. and I think they win by 8, 104, 96 from memory. Well, check that out. I reckon I'm you right. You are on point, Matt. Um, Correct. And I didn't look that up. Well and done. That, that was the turning point of the series. It was. The Lakers go up 2-1 there. We're going six or seven games. That's right. So, yeah, I was surprised they didn't even cover it at all. Well, they can't go in all the, the Bulls' great victories, but you're right, Divac, uh, 24, Perkins, 25, Worthy, 19, Magic, 22, and a lazy 10. And Michael, 30-something? Uh, sorry? Michael was? Uh, oh, yeah, just a lazy 29, 9 and 9. Uh, Pippen, 19, 13, and 5. Have you got any more peripherals? I've just got one. And it, got it's always one. a concern when you've got a starter sentence, Matt, with the words, I'm not into fat shaming. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I dropped Jerry Krause earlier. But I want you to picture the moment when Rodman goes on his vacation and he's dressed like a bikey and he's sipping the beer before he gets on the motorbike to go. Yes. They pan to the crowd up top and there is a significant unit in a red T-shirt looking down at him, leaning on the fence. That vacation was almost over before it began. And the bull season, by the way. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Very good. Yep. Now, imagine this. Imagine being asked, Evans. Yes. If you were, you know, you're, you're a teacher. Imagine if you were, you know, at the end of your teaching contract and you were yeah. deciding where you were going to go teach next year. Yep. Imagine if every single day you rocked up to work, someone was asking you, 
Oh, what are you doing next year, Mr. Evans? Then the next day, someone else. What are you doing next year, Mr. Evans? Yep. Jordan had to deal with that every day, every city, yeah. for the whole of 1998 season. Of course he did. That would annoy the crap out of me. Of course he did. I have um, no sympathy at all for, for Jordan or the Bulls organisation that had to answer those questions. Over and over and over yep. again. Um, I've got two more, sorry. I'm, oh. I'm, are we going over time? We're okay. Go for it. Um, Steve Kerr, seeing how Phil handled Dennis, I believe has a huge impact in how he handles Draymond to bring oh, it forward to hello. this day. Hello. He gives Draymond rope because he's a similar type of loose unit. Who says loose things, mm-hmm. but his basketball brilliance cannot be denied. So he gives him rope. So I think it's uh, absolutely amazing. And my last one. I'm giving you both. I'm, not, I'm interjecting here, Matt, to say something positive about you. I'm giving you a one-nil lead, and that that's that's a very good point, which we should uh, extrapolate at some point in the future. We will. Now, my last one is an amusing one. <laughs> uh, before the game five, the shot game, MJ, uh, Steve, what was his name? Sam Smith. Talked about the three journalists who mm. one had predicted uh, the Bulls would get swept, the other they admit they lose in four, the other one lose in five. Mm-hmm. One of those guys' names was Kent McDill. <laughs> now, yep. Number one, you don't want the name Kent. <laughs> okay. And you certainly want, don't want McDill as the surname. <laughs> okay. In terms of names, that's just really bad. I don't know John McDill. You know, Andrew McDill, Peter McDill. Oh, I love it. McDill's I love it. bad enough, but then to go and call him Kent. Yep. You know, it's up there with Calamari. Callum <laughs> Murray. <laughs> All right. Well done. I love that. Peripheral pickups is done. We'll, I look forward to five and six and, and looking into the peripherals uh, next week. Thanks, Kent. But we're into our final <laughs> big story. It's not as deep as the others, Matt. We won't deep dive uh, as much, but we get, thankfully, to the great Phil Jackson. Now, I don't know if you knew this. Did you know that that interview almost didn't take place? Jason, uh, the director, had all his ducks lined yes. up and had organised to speak to Phil. Gets out there to Montana, not not next door, and Phil basically comes out and says, get stuffed, bugger off, nick off, um, and makes the right call, speaks to the right people, including his daughter. And, and the next day, Phil sits with him with his own back condition, Matt, for like something like five straight hours. Um, such is the enigma of Phil. Um, we're not taking a controversial take on Phil Jackson here. This, in my opinion, our opinion, is not one to be had. But what was his makeup and approach that you think that made him the Jordan Whisperer, the Kobe and Shaq Whisperer, the greatest coach of all time? Oh, that's like a question without notice. Yeah, I know. Um, or t- give us I your think, own take I on think, Phil. I think the term players coach gets thrown around a lot here in Australia. I think that's, that's, that's what he was. And I think the fact he approached things in a totally different way I think appealed to a lot of guys. Yep. All the meditation, the Zen stuff, the, you know, train your body to react where your mind, sorry, train your mind to just be still in the moments that are so pressurized. He managed to get that. I think that's the thing that really appealed to Jordan. He was able to not think too much in the moment, calm his mind and just execute the skill that he was trained to execute. And I think he talks a lot about that in sacred hoops. Yes. Um, and also the Lakers book, the team in the last season, was it? Team in Search of Its Soul, I think it was called. Okay. Yeah, two enormously, yeah, they're fantastic books. Um, great read. Agreed. I've read them both. I've read them both. Um, for me, I just look at someone like Dennis Rodman who can come in and just, it's a, it's a phrase I'm not allowed to use at home, but I use it here. Phil just found a way. 
with every player. He found a way to get alongside them, win their trust. And part of his makeup was, as we talked about in episode one, that he wasn't, he wouldn't overreact or panic or berate guys when the team was in a funk. He would let them find it out on the court. And that may have led to regular season losses early on. Obviously, not many in the not six calling title timeouts. Yeah, exactly. They, and they, he empowered them, and he showed that not just in words. He actually showed that on the court. And obviously, by the second three, Pete, he had the runs of the board in the title teams. But to get along someone like Dennis Rodman and just how they talked around their um, interest in in Native American history, and that that just so he just said it almost poetically that that Phil was able to eyeball. Um, Dennis. Robin, Robin, and Robin. say, yeah. you know, if if we're in a Native American tribe, this is who you'd be. You'd be one who, the walk, backward who walking. walked the backward walking. Um, Aoki or something like uh, that. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah well, but, <laughs> but just made him feel, that, yeah, you're different, but you're an important part of our tribe. Yeah. Um, and most coaches, if a, a player came in and asked for a vacation, would just say, take it to the GM, take it to the CEO. And he gave it to him. And following on from that, the, he, he came into a divisive Lakers situation as well. Like, if you're talking about all the different characters he had to handle, mm-hmm. I reckon the hardest two would have been Dennis and Kobe, I would have thought. I mean, Kobe, he, just, he was at his wit's end with Kobe, if By you read end. that book. Absolutely at his wit's end. Yep. You know, but, you know, before before the great man passed, I mean, he said a lot of great... He just loves Phil. Phil was just his yes. best coach ever. He yep. just Yeah. So, gets alongside all different kinds of individuals, all different kinds of personalities. Absolutely. And, his, and for that that's time, his, that's his gift, you know. Exactly, and for that time, we we heard, we saw the the Doug Tex Phil triangle, very interesting. For that time, the triangle was ahead, and what that did for that team and opened up the offensive end was yep. was magnificent. Which I'm going to touch on a little bit later. So there we go. More rings, more rings than fingers, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, eleven rings. Yep, yep, loved it. And did he did he lose in the finals? Maybe once, uh, twice, once. Oh four with the Lakers, and two thousand and eight with the Lakers. So he was eleven and two, 11 and two. in the NBA finals. Yes, Let's think about that. People. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, Matt. Oh, here we go. Okay. Notes away. Kwame Brown. Slava Medvedenko. And Kwame Brown, God bless him, is a scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever. Here we are. It's Stephen A, mate. Um, Matt, explain to our many listeners what the Stephen A segment is about. The Stephen, a, Stephen a. Smith is uh, an ESPN sports broadcaster, the most opinionated man possibly in the history of the earth. Mm-hmm. So um, when he says something that's done very passionately, it's often a little bit controversial. Indeed, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little Sometimes bit. he's spot on, but, you know, he's, um, he's fantastic to listen to. Yep. So we can't go off notes too much. These are our rules. We can't go off notes too much. It needs to be a controversial take, whether we agree with what we're saying or not. We're going to turn the dial up on purpose. And hopefully it's a take that the other one doesn't quite appreciate. Yeah, well, I'm like, I can't annoy you every week. but um, Oh, you're, yeah. yeah. Yes, you can, mate. <laughs> yes, you can. So... Jerry Krause uh, dropped this little tidbit during these two episodes uh-huh. that he was approached by his assistant, whose name was Jim Stack. Good American name. Yes, he was. Um, Jim Stack. Uh, they tried to get Chicago, get Rodman in 1995, and it was kiboshed by Jerry Krause. Okay. So then he came back the following year and said, oh, no, I've done some work, Jerry. I reckon, you know, he just needs to be in a... You know, in a in a um, environment where he respects the guys he's playing with. Yep. 
Oh, okay, says Jerry. I'll have a look at it then, you know. I'll go ask Phil and Molly, yeah. The Bulls would have won a title in 1995 had they got Rodman. That's my take. If Chicago had to pull the trigger mid-95, San Antonio had had enough of him. Uh-huh. They would have won the title in 1995 wow. had they got Rodman. Wow. San Ann may not have done it, but I reckon they would have. Is playing up with something they couldn't handle, you know. Let's just consider this. They put David Robinson and Dennis Rodman together. Yes. That's a real good fit, isn't it? <laughs> that's, like, that's like someone, I don't know, Evans, ordering a large pizza... Yep. And the drink they have with it's like a vanilla thick shake. <laughs> Which one of our great friends did one night. Yep. It's like putting Shaq with a treadmill. Oh. oh it's like putting it. Ricky Gervais and Caitlyn Jenner to do a stand-up show together. <laughs> Dennis and David Robinson was never going to work. And the Bulls should have pulled the trigger. They would have won in 95. And they would have won four in a row and finished with seven. Boom. Out. And you? Um, I, I, I don't know what to say to that, so I'm just going to let it go. No know. response. Yes, no? Oh, I think it's fantastic. I hadn't thought about it, but that's, that's, uh, that's your take. Uh, I'm not going to have a take on your take. We're not going to get too better <laughs> about it. Um, but my, mine's a little bit different. With all due respect to the triangle offense, which I think had its time, and as we saw as he tried to run it through the Knicks much, much later, went beyond its time. Yes. Can, can we please stop thinking that Jordan, because of the triangle offense, suddenly stopped shooting the basketball. Phil makes a comment that he's, you know, he's in, he's in his Phil mode and he goes, I said to Michael that I don't foresee you winning the scoring title. Well, guess what, mate? He did all six title years. His field goal attempts were up in Phil Jackson's first year as coach. Yes, they went down in year two, which was the title winning. And guess what? Pax was open in game five. And mm. Some nice little back screens there. Pax got open, nailed some jump shot after jump shot, middle of the net, nothing but net in that clinching um, game five of 91. Um, so, yep, the field goal attempts went down that first year. Guess what? They started going back up. And by your 93 year, when you've knocked off the Phoenix Suns, they were, they were, he had his highest amount of field goal attempts for any year Bar that 87 year when he went bananas. Are you including playoffs here? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. I am. I am. So, yep, Phil did change Michael. But let's not try and make out that this became an equal opportunity offense that suddenly everyone was getting. Yeah, he, he, he was at the apex of the triangle many times. He was. He was. So, enough. Enough. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. I, 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 I do think, though, that... I didn't say this earlier when looking at the 89 playoffs uh-huh. when he's averaging 40 and 39 and 41 and these crazy numbers, those kind of series where he just had extraordinary numbers. I'd like to see those playoff numbers versus later on. I don't sure. think he went for 40s, average 40s in series no, fair enough. when he got to fair 96, enough. 97 and 98. Fair enough. But we're not able to get into those stats here, Matt. We're going no, and we giving aren't. our opinions. That's why it's called Sports Opinionated. All right. Now, let's settle up. Questions without notice. Bang. Let's I've go. Got, I've, I've, got, fire. I've got three, but I've used one already, oh, which was, which I was going to ask about the kid getting the haircut with the 20 bucks. That was one of mine. But right, I'll go first then. Okay, you go first. Okay. Um, would you have given Robman the time off? If he came to you mid-season and said, I need a vacation, what would you have done if you were Phil? I'll give him what I know now, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I probably would have. Okay. 48 hours I would have given him. Is that what he got? That's what he got. That's not what he took. <laughs> 
I would have said, actually, I probably would have said take a vacation when the season's over, Dennis. You got like, you know, five months. That's what I would have said. Okay. Would the Chicago Bulls have won multiple titles, Peter Evans? Yep. If Doug Collins had remained coach? No. Why not? No, he wouldn't have. Wouldn't have won at all? No. Oh, would he have won at all? I don't know. Because the Bulls would have stuck with... Were we assuming they just would have stuck with Doug for 10 years? Would you have got a title? P- possibly. They would have got one. They would have got at least one. Because the Pistons would have got a bit older. They would have got one. They would have been the best team in the East, I reckon, if Doug stayed. They still would have been the best team in the East. Would they have got six? Unlikely. <laughs> Matt's just asked me the question. And, and I'm answering it. Because I'm not getting an adequate response. You so wouldn't I'm have got answer six. Myself. Oh, you didn't like the answer. I'm sorry, you wouldn't have got six. No, not with Doug. Yep. Such is the greatness of Phil Jackson. Matt, was Rodman drinking a kamikaze or not in that classic moment in the in the episode, which I can explain to you if, if you don't remember it. Where he's shaking the drink from it, side to side. It is a question no. without notice. He's in the weights room and he takes a sip and he eyeballs the camera out of the side of his mouth and says, kamikaze. Was he drinking an alcoholic beverage of vodka, triple second lime in the Bulls weights room? Was he just well, taking the mic? You're, you're, you're taking peripheral observations to a whole nother level here. You want me to, to tell you what he was drinking? Yes or no? Was he drinking an alcoholic drink in the Bulls' weight room or not? Oh, it's probably. Not he was probably on drugs too at oh, the time. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. But he was a fit man. He was in good shape. He was. You got the last one for me? All right. Now, ne- ne- neither, neither of these guys is Michael Long, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Horace and Harp. One and two in the best paddock rankings of players interviewed for this doco. Rod Harper? Yes. Rod Harper? I can't picture it. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought uh, Harper looked like a pretty oh, well, that fell, that fell flat, didn't it? Like a lead in the pool. Has Horace been in a, in, a, in a deep... Oh, Horace has been. In, in a green yes, pasture, yes, he yes. has. You know Jerry Crash. Yes, he has He's been. He's deserved it. He was a huge man. We, I forget yes. this. When I went to see my first like uh, NBA game ever, Matt, in 01, people looked at photos I took and said, oh, gee, Shaq's huge. And I'm like, no, that's, that's Horace Grant. Such was his size when he played on court. My last one. Now, this is a tough one for you. What happens if Portland don't fall over and somehow let the Lakers get up in 91? What happens in the 91 finals? I know what the final outcome will probably be your answer. If you've got to play Portland, who are going for their second goal at the NBA finals, and you're not playing the Lakers, who ended that series, it's not why they lost, but in game five of that Lakers series, we played seven blokes. We had no one left to put on the court. What happens if you play Portland? The Bulls have, do the Bulls have home court? Uh, yes, you do. Yeah, Bulls in, Bulls in six or seven. So not in five? Not in five. Okay. Yep. No, they're a great team, Portland. Yep. Great team. What if you still lose? And game we one? were better. We were better in '92. But we, yeah, we. I think we were better in '92. You were better for it. Yeah. I, I haven't heard anyone articulate it better than saying, "Yes, they've got the experience." About the Lakers, we've got the hunger. Love that. Say so you drop yep. game one at home to Portland, who have been there before. Do you still win at six or seven? Yep. Of course you do. Yep. I'm smiling. Michael wins. Correct answer. He doesn't lose. Six and zero. He doesn't lose. There we go. There we go. Star of the show. Yep. From North Carolina. <laughs> Time to finish up, but before we do, I'm going to let you go first. Who's who's the star of the show? I went a little bit. I went. Uh, I went group here. I went uh, oh. the 1991 Chicago Bulls <laughs> were the star of the show. Okay. That particular year. 
that particular year. A number of points. Scotty, the coaching moves of Phil, Scotty yep. onto Magic in the finals. Scotty's rise to an elite level player Fantastic. at both ends. Um, the defensive athleticism, the rotations became the best in the league. Yep. Comfortably, yep. I thought. Um, MJ taking a step back to get others involved, despite some of your stats earlier, but I think he did to a degree. Yep. Phil and BJ both effusive in telling that story of him doing that, which is a lot of players these days wouldn't uh, be too good at doing that. Sure. Golden State aside. Um, they were 15-2 and two in the playoffs. One loss to Philly in the second round, and they lost to the Lakers by one score in game one of the finals. MJ and Scotty combined in that series in the playoffs, sorry, were 53 a game, 14 assists a game, 15 rebounds a game, 4.9, just a tick under five steals a game. Uh-huh. Both players shot more than 50% from the field Fantastic. in the 1991 playoffs. So that was, they were a great team. And it was great to watch that again. Brought back great memories. There you go. For me. There you and go. you. Well, unbelievably, we haven't doubled up because you've just chosen how many blokes that are in this, in this doco, in the Bulls organization. Two words. Carmen Electra, she's my star on the show. <laughs> this doco series is an absolute sausage fest. And well done on her makeup crew, which needed to get across to Steve Kerr before his interview. Absolutely fantastic work from Carmen. She's done it with she's done it with, with about thirty seconds of airtime. Well, it was magnificent. A, it was, she came on and I think had three steals, went seven of seven from three, um, PR of thirty six point eight. Carmen Electra is my star of the show. Well, Matt, we've done it again. I don't know if we've shown that we know anything about the game, but we've had some fun. We've bumbled along. We've bumbled along. So ended. Hopefully we've entertained. Episode two of Sports Opinionated. Love your work, buddy. We'll see you next week for episodes five and six. Um, Until then, everyone, take care. Stay well. Stay safe.